When I think about accelerating leadership development, it, it should be an exponential process. Most people don't invest in their talent. Talent's kind of the new word for your human resources, but I love it because we all have talent. But as organizations, you've got to identify those people in your organizations that are committed, that represent your values, that have potential to grow and develop. And I can come alongside, be a strategic partner, and help grow them exponentially so they're ready to step into new roles. Welcome to the show, What Has My Attention, and this is John Beethan. And today we're recording from the John Sanders Podcast Studio at the Carlsbad Chamber of Commerce, and that's in California, not New Mexico. And today I am gratefully, again, with um, Andrea Taylor. What I'd love you to do, Andrea, is just give a short little thing about how you'd like to be known, and we will direct people to your website and about you and all that stuff later if they want more detail. Thanks, John. It's a pleasure to be here again with you in a lovely Carlsbad, California. Uh-huh. So uh, I have worked in leadership development and talent development for many years, and it's really what I'm passionate about because leaders make the biggest difference in organizations and the quality of the experience that uh, employees have at organizations. I'm just passionate about people enjoying where they work and having the opportunity to grow and develop. My company is called Talent Exponential, and I help organizations grow their talent from within. So identifying those leaders, giving them the opportunity to grow and excel so that um, people don't have to hire externally. They grow from within and they have the talent that they need at the right place, the right time, and the right roles. Why the name of that business? I'm just curious. How'd you come up with that? When I think about accelerating leadership development, it it should be an exponential process. Most people don't invest in their talent. Talent's Mm -hmm. kind of the new word for your human resources, but I love it because we all have talent. But as organizations, you've got to identify those people in your organizations that are committed, that represent your values, that have potential to grow and develop. And I can come alongside, be a strategic partner, and help grow them exponentially so they're ready to step into new roles. And why does this business even exist? This business exists because I took what I love doing best out of my 20 years experience in leadership development. I've worked in so many different industries. It's been very fun because the leadership applies across any industry, whether you're working with a nonprofit, whether you're working with um, an insurance company, healthcare, hospitality, the same principles apply. Mm-hmm. And so I took what I loved best, and I think we'll talk a little bit more about that, John, about how do you identify and grow your talent from within? Yep. And That's... what's the strategic process around that? So I took what I really enjoyed the most, and I think what adds the most value to organizations, and created my own company to help support, particularly mid sized businesses who mm-hmm. don't have a strategic HR partner. Mm-hmm to help them do that and grow their talent so they can be more competitive and uh, a great place to work. Jumping to the website, it's talentxponential.com. So, uh, and you'll see the X, it has that exponential I, curve on it. Exponential, I know, I know it's exponential and I love the word. I'm gonna, you know, gonna have to chat GPT it more. <laughs> Not. <laughs> um, yeah, so one thing I wanted to mention before I forget actually is that uh, Andrea's been on the Carlsbad Chamber of Podcast coming up 
uh, probably, in, well, not probably, but in the month of April here at some point. And uh, you can get to that podcast if you uh, want to find out more after the end of this. No, we're not ending this episode now. But um, that's Carl's Bad People, Purpose, and Impact. And you can get to it uh, either looking that up or actually going to carlsbadpodcast.com. But I want to jump into your website because there's four things right on the homepage that I really love besides developing leadership depth for your mid-sized and high-growth business. But these four things, and you can take them in any order that you want to, is talent SWOT analysis, talent calibration, strategic talent plan, and leadership accelerator cohort. I would love to take them in order because that's actually the process I'm going to work through with that mid-sized high growth organization. Okay. So the first thing uh, when I work with an organization is who are their people? What are they measuring them on? So it's really doing an analysis of the company of like, what are their needs? Because you need to look at both, not only what do you need now, but what might you need for the future? So it's figuring out what people have in place. You can't go in and measure and do a calibration process of your leaders without knowing what are you measuring them on? How do people align with, you know, performance business metrics? How do they align with your values or your behaviors and your mission? So the first is really doing for an organization, like what's going on inside uh, your organization around those people development and creating a, a pipeline or a bench, and what's important in your environment that you need to think about. So meeting with leaders in the company, figuring out what's going on. So really doing a SWOT analysis as the first step to then really the second step is um, meeting with the senior leadership team and helping them calibrate the process of actually they would bring a profile of their leaders to a meeting. And we would talk about that. So they would, for example, your CEO might yeah. present a direct report. And so the whole leadership team is going to have input on that person's performance. And so it literally, it's a calibration process where each leader presents their direct reports or other people they feel like have potential within the organization mm -hmm. that they want to bring forward. And so we actually have a grid where we would talk about our leaders are they high potential? Or do they have opportunity to grow and develop and excel quickly within your organization? Mm -hmm. So the stars, like your your A players you want to focus on. Are they are they key talent? Are they valuable? They're probably not going to grow as quickly. So we literally have a process where we identify and place those leaders. The other categories are there's some people who are your solid performers. They are like gold, but they're probably not going to grow and develop into another role. And then lastly, you have people that are not in the right roles. Um, they either need to move up or maybe move out. And oftentimes they're placed there or they just don't have the potential, but they're preventing the organization from having that growth and development that you need. So it's, it's having that shared conversation with the leadership team that yields so much value about what does good leadership look like for our company? What do we need? And we're all going to come to agreement. So it's not just one person. It's the whole leadership suite has that agreement and visibility to who their potential talent is. Mm -hmm. And then you're uh, moving on to strategic talent plan. Exactly. So once you've identified where those leaders sit, what's important, then thinking about what are my next steps? If I've identified maybe three high potentials, what do I need to grow and develop those people so they can be ready to step into roles? What are those opportunities that they have um, for stretch assignments, for you know exposure to another part of the business? Maybe they're in sales and need to know more about finance or operations. So it's thinking about what are the actions you need to take in the short run, maybe six to 12 months, and then also looking at 
if I'm going to grow as a company, what's the other talent I need for the future? So it's not just about now, but what might be positions that I need to uh, grow people for? So it's creating that strategic plan that matches your strategic business plan. You want a strategic people plan to match that because you can't go anywhere without having the talent that you need. Exactly. Yeah. So the last is really my offering around taking leaders from a numbers of companies, and I run a five-month leadership accelerator cohort. So it's bringing leaders um, with those action plans and working on um, their own development in a group together with their peers, focusing on principles of leadership. We do uh, 360 so they can get feedback. They have uh, coaching. We work on projects together. Because my philosophy is if you're investing in your people, you want them, there should be a return on investment, right? Not just having the people ready to go. But they'll work on some of those key projects for your company that's really important. And so they get that exposure, um, the opportunity to work with their peers, talk about things. And we really created an accelerated program. One program I ran I saw 70% of those high potential leaders step into their next role within a year. So it's both accurately identifying those key people for your organization and then creating a strategic leadership development plan over five months that accelerates their growth. So they have the skills, the abilities, that executive perspective that they need to move uh, into their next role. This sounds like a complete package. It really is designed to be a complete package. Yes. Particularly, John, like when you're thinking about mid-sized companies, Mm -hmm. they typically have tactical HR. They have people who do payroll. They do benefits. They do compliance. So they're really focused on what has to happen for the business. They don't have a person who is a strategic partner that can say, let's look at your workforce. What are your current needs? How can we develop those people? And then what do you need for the future? And that's where I can come along and support them. Um, Typically, small businesses don't have quite the stack of leadership to do that effectively. And large organizations typically have someone uh, that delivers the same type of services. But my goal is to come in and do that upfront assessment, help them build, identify, and then build the people, and even provide that opportunity to grow their leaders. This is great because as you and I, you know, we've talked about this before with regarding Simon Sinek. Uh-huh. Yes. What, yeah, we're both smiling. One of the one of the things about Simon that, you know, brought to my attention is there's so many people that are actually promoted to yes. like management or some other position and get absolutely, totally no support. So part of what you're talking about here is actually identifying who these people might be and actually providing that support. Exactly. It really gives you a shared perspective as a leadership team. Who are the key people that I need and how can I prepare them to step into those roles? Mm-hmm. You know, the research shows that um, it can cost you 50 to 100% of an executive's salary if you don't have someone ready to step into that, that's the replacement cost. So if you're paying an executive $200,000 a year, it can cost you fifty dollars to $100,000 in hard and soft costs to replace them. Mm-hmm. And if the longer you wait, and typically organizations go outside, look for the talent, and it's going to cost them more. They're going to pay that person more. It takes them longer to acclimate. They don't know the culture. They don't know the people. Oftentimes, I see them come in and they'll have a very different perspective, and it causes some some turmoil and sure. you know conflict on the executive team. And they tend to leave sooner. If you can develop people from within who are ready to go and provide them the skills and the opportunity to grow 
so they're ready to step in, it can save you thousands of dollars and it creates a better culture. If I know there's an opportunity for me yeah. to grow and develop, I want it. Exactly. I'm committed to the company I'm part of. So it's really a win-win on both sides. And the other thing I can see that it saves is a lot of time. It does. Which is something you just cannot get back. Exactly. I had a friend who um, was, uh, we talked about on the Chamber podcast, I'm on the Mothers of Twins Club. Yeah. Uh, when I was growing up and I had a friend who worked, um, she originally worked for um, Procter & Gamble. And then she uh, stepped into a, a role with a local like winery and food in Napa Valley. And I was talking with her and she was talking about they had this type of process in place. And so when her boss left, they came to her and said, hey, we're ready for you to step up and step in. And they had prepared her for that. And I was like, that was amazing. That doesn't happen in a lot of organizations where they're ready and prepared because it is a strategic planning process and development. But it yields just incredible benefit to have that type of succession planning building like, you know, the Padres, like you have your A-team, your top players, and then you have your farm team and you're building those people so they're ready to step in and um, play ball. Very nice. Um, I'm just kind of curious how, if I was a mid-sized company and I wanted to prepare for your entrance into working with me, what should I have in place first or what, what should I do to prepare? That's a great question. It's important to, I would want to know, what are you doing right now to develop your leaders? What's in place? because I want to support that and work with this. I want to know how are you measuring performance? Mm -hmm. Do you have anything in alignment to um, Jack Welsh a long time ago? You know, with GE, he created kind of a grid. And so one of the axes talks about performance. And yeah. then the other axis is behaviors, values. Are people, you need both of those? And I would want to know, does this organization have those type of metrics in place? What are you measuring? How are you measuring? People development also has to directly tie in to what your strategic objectives are. So if you have strategic objectives, do you have people development plans that are going to support that? So definitely want to know what their strategic plans are so that we can build people and processes that really support that. Mm -hmm. So this is just a curious another question I have for you is like, okay, great. I'm a small business, technically almost a startup. Mm -hmm. and this is, you know this about me. So it's like, what do what what do I need to focus on in terms of being prepared to be a mid-sized business and be prepared for somebody like you from your perspective? Ah, another great question, right? Yes, another great question, of course. You know, if I am thinking about growing, and um, sometimes companies are in the enviable position of like they are just growing incredibly quickly. I had um, worked with one client who was a golf course management company, and they – it, things just went crazy over COVID. So when you think about, one, you have to be um, thoughtful about who you're bringing on board. Because particularly if you're a small company, the people that you bring on um, need to have be a little bit more of a generalist. But they're, they're creating the culture. They're creating the foundation, the business plans for the future. So I think being very strategic about what are you looking for when you're bringing somebody in, when you're looking to hire, or if you're looking to grow from within, what do you need to get to the next step? What are those key roles? That's part of that strategic um, talent plan that we create. What's next? What do you need? Mm -hmm. um, and to be thoughtful and careful about that. Another opportunity companies have is you can always get gig or contract talent to fill in some of those gaps that you have as you're growing mm. um, because that allows you to have some of those services at, at a lower cost. Mm -hmm. So Nice. What do you see in these mid-sized businesses that you work with that are typical blind spots? That's a great question. Um, I think often 
what our blind spots are. People see a need mm-hmm. and then they start looking outside mm-hmm. rather than being thoughtful. It takes a little bit longer, but being thoughtful about who might I grow into this role? Mm-hmm. Like who's within my company that I might prepare for this? I mentioned the one company that I knew where they hired an external, I think he was a marketing um, VP, and he just had a very different perspective for the company. And so I think picking people that align with where your company is going, have the values, you know, from good from good to great. Collins talks about getting the right people on the bus and then getting them in the right seat. So making sure you're hiring people that really align with your company, because if you're growing and booming, they're going to be taking greater and greater responsibility. So are they ready to do that? Do you have the right people to step into the future? Mm-hmm. So what else What else really has your attention in terms of this work? I mean, I, I'm sure that in all your experience, you know, there's all these things that pop up that you may have had like defining moments in your career path where kind of everything changed and you maybe had an aha and developed that into some of your business-owned business strategy. Mm-hmm. That was a mouthful, I realized. It, it was. I would say one of the aha moments was the first time uh, I did this process within an organization. Mm-hmm. And for me, one of the most valuable pieces of it, having a leadership team sit down and talk about who their people are, it creates a shared understanding of what leadership is. When I saw that happen, I was like, this is incredible. Mm. And, but it takes a really strong leader at the top to set that expectation with his executive team or her executive team. Doing strategic people, um, planning and development can also be, um, it should be supported by diversity, equity, and inclusion. It can be a very strategic way to look at how can we bring in additional voices, perspectives, people, Mm -hmm. so that we create truly a diverse leadership team. Because we know that diverse perspectives create a much healthier organization. Awesome. What are you seeing as most of the challenges that these businesses have? I think one of the biggest challenges is they are so busy, they don't take a minute to stop and breathe and think strategically. So this is, yeah, we talked, or I talked or mentioned earlier, Simon, saying, mm-hmm. you know, start with why. And he says, like, with that whole model is that most people are, like, really excited when they start their business and they know exactly what why they are. And then they get totally embroiled in day-to-day operations and the they business do. aspect, and they forget what they're doing. They do. I've also seen there's a couple industries. You know, if you think about healthcare, hospitality, some of those industries that are really struggling to find the people that they mm-hmm. need. And so oftentimes... They're so almost desperate that they will bring in any talent they can find. And it's not really a strategic process. And they don't take the time because they're, they're just scrambling to manage and to try to find people to fill the key roles to be strategic and to mm-hmm. think about how can I build a pipeline? How, and to be, I think that's a real gap because I totally understand the dynamic. And yet, how can we do things a little bit differently so that we can have the people we need to provide the services that we need? Mm-hmm. So what what else, um, in terms of some experiences you've had with some businesses, give me an example. You've actually given a few already mm-hmm. of some companies that that uh, actually you started working with and you saw these big shifts and for whatever reason, and what just kind of made you smile. 
I will say this is um, this to me. It, it didn't make me smile. It's the opposite. But when when I see leaders choose not to invest or give their high potential reports an opportunity, people will leave if they don't have the opportunity. I've seen senior leaders say that person's not ready. They're almost there. They're not quite ready, and the talent walks away, and it breaks my heart because, you know, when you hire somebody from the outside. You you're gonna give a, you give them a hundred percent confidence, like you can do the job. And our internal people, we don't give that same opportunity to. Mm-hmm. When we do, it creates an amazing organization. Um, and so, I, to me, that really speaks to the value of like we need to give people the opportunity. To your point, we need to prepare them to step in mm-hmm. because we don't want to lose. You know, we're talking about keeping your best talent. Yeah, you have to focus on your talent. You have to identify who really you want to invest in because. Nobody has all the money in the world to do that. So I think like really thinking strategically about that, how, who are those people I want to develop? And I want to give them the opportunity, mm-hmm. even if it's an interim position, you know, the training that they need mm-hmm. to move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, because talent's just so hard to find. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I read recently um, <laughs> how our population is aging, even before COVID and the whole great resignation. So many of the boomers are getting ready to retire. How do we engage those people? How do we help them share the legacy of what they've learned and further their companies? What have you learned actually coming out of the pandemic about all this? Well, I think I was surprised in talking with some of um, my clients and as I was reaching out, some organizations have blossomed during covid you know, like golf course management, everyone's out playing golf. It's outside, they're growing, it's booming. Um, you know, in Northern California, working with some of the the food and wine and dairy, how people have shifted. I love that creativity because I, I feel like work is in the middle of a tremendous shift. How we do work, right where now. we do work. Yep. Yeah, still is. It is. The challenges I... Um, you think a lot of companies are pulling people back to the office mm-hmm. and that can put a lot more strain and stress on some of the employees. I understand why they're doing it, but if, if it's hard to find talent, you know, forcing the issue to bring people back to the office. I think that there's a lot that's still, you know, in shift and change and technology um, in, in some industries more than others. So it's, it's kind of fascinating to watch that shift of the great resignation and then where are those people going to go? And then there's quiet quitting. You know, there's a lot of those HR terms, but there are some tremendous shifts in how and what we do. And then with the chat, uh, all the artificial intelligence, that's yep. going to be a whole nother dynamic. Oh, my gosh. It has a ways to go. Today's like the, <laughs> it does. the 31st of March, 2023. And already I heard something this morning that the uh, one government body is considering uh, like banning, pulling it. Really? Yeah. It's, it, it's a little bit, I understand it. It's like going <laughs> a little too fast here. It is. I saw uh, last night, I was talking about they're like putting a pause on. Yep. Right? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, pretty yep. much the pause. Oh, yeah, I shouldn't say ban. It was really a pause for six months. I think it's smart. Yep. Because sometimes what technology can do, Yes. whether it's in the medical field, whether it's in technology, you know, I don't think it's going to replace jobs, but I think we... To your point, we want to use it wisely. Yeah. I actually before, not particularly for this episode, but I have used it actually to generate questions for a particular episode in a podcast I was doing. And it was strictly based on some of the values that the company expressed on their website. 
So it was like, I'll just like, you know, and it, it, it was actually very, very effective. Very there, effective. I think there's tremendous value in using it well. Yeah. Kind of as that support tool. I mean, some of the more mundane work uh-huh. that it can do for us, and then we can use that, you know, body of information to craft to our purposes. So what would you like to see change in the business world? And how healthy do you think the business world really is? I think there's multiple business worlds. Uh-huh. <laughs> there really are. I What I love is so many organizations are adopting social cause. That it's not just about business, but they want to do business for good. Yes. Whether it's conservation efforts or, you know, using sustainable products or um, I love that focus because we have to, we can't just operate business in a silo. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish businesses were not, it was not so politicized. You know, I think we all need to think about our future here on the earth and what we can do to care for that earth so that businesses can be sustainable. One thing that um, really bothers me is when organizations talk about their people as their most valuable asset mm. or resource, and but they don't invest in them. That mm. when it comes down to it, they have to focus on the finances. That's their choice, rather than making a strategic investment in people. We spend so much time at work, and uh, Gallup does so much around employee engagement. Honestly, the engagement metrics haven't changed in years. Like, only about 30% of the workforce is fully, highly engaged in their work. How can we make work a better place for people so that they are engaged? They're doing work that's meaningful. They're doing work that they love, and they're contributing to the success of their organization. And being able to walk away at the end of the day and feel really good about it and have a life on the weekend with their family and not be strapped. Exactly. I think that was part of the concern in working remotely. People work more, their research shows. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Because I can sit down. Last night I was working on my computer later in the evening. It's always there. It's always available. It also depends on your boss's expectations. I think the pandemic has also had a particular impact on women. You think about if there was a lot of women I know that were trying to manage child care at home because there wasn't child care. Schools were doing virtual school and trying to work. And you'll see that it had a huge impact on women. Impossible. And yeah, it is impossible. So how can we... I would like to see some of those other social support systems, like how do we provide great learning and safe childcare yeah. um, to really help support women? What are those options that we can provide so that a lot of people can in fully engage? It's supporting women, but it's also supporting families, and it's also yes. supporting people. You know, their culture. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's not. You know, I mean, this is how I think people look at it. It's just they look at it. Oh, it's just for women. It's it's singular. It's not. It it has a ripple effect. You know, it totally has a ripple effect. And I think it's. You know, I'm totally behind you on that one. That's great. I saw. You know, because tomorrow is April first, and on LinkedIn this morning, there's a a large company that does focuses on talent development, mm-hmm. and they had a little spoof. I was hoping it was true, but they were saying that. Um, Women tend to do 12 more hours of housework than men when both of them are working. And so they were offering this free service 
And it was literally the gentleman coming to the front door and having a conversation with the husband about helping to pick up the oh, house. Really? Yeah, awesome. it's like, oh, I wish this, I wish this was true. <laughs> but, you know, it's like when both parents are available to work when they need to and support their families, it, it really does. It creates, you know, a much better workplace for people. Amazing. Yeah. I'm actually curious. This is going to be a um, – we're going sideways now. Okay. That's what I do. Thanks for the head up. Yeah, so it's like um, you said at the top you were talking about organization you're involved in called Moms for Twins. Yes, is that what it's called? Yeah, it was mothers. It was the Mothers of Twins Club. Mothers, mothers of, of twi- multiples. Some because some people have more than twins. So what's that about? When um, my children are eighteen now, but when they were small, I moved to a new town and I was looking to uh, get to know other moms. Mm-hmm. Having multiples is a unique experience mm-hmm. just because it's so incredibly physically demanding um, and chaotic and uh, wonderful all at the same time. So I joined the Mothers of Twins Club in Napa. And they, a lot of the mothers had kids about this, twins about the same age. I, we didn't have any uh, triplets or quadruplets in the group. But what it is, it's a support group for moms where you can learn from one another. Some people were in different stages. It It's um, someone who uniquely shares your experience of the environment that and raising kids and, and the challenges of that. Um, I think that's something that workplaces could offer more of. There's kind of a lot of interest like in employee resource groups where people who have similar interests and similar challenges that aren't directly related to their job can come together and you get that type of support. We did so many fun things, and the moms really supported one another. When We would go out and have fun together, monthly meetings. We also did good work, like contributing to um, the NICU, which is the neonatal intensive care unit at the local hospital delivering supplies. Because oftentimes uh, when you have um, multiples, they come early and land in the hospital for a little extra care. Multiples. I liked. Yeah, just so everybody knows, I'm also a twin. I have a twin sister, so I'm also known as a multiple. You're a multiple. I'm a multiple. <laughs> That's really, really fun. Um, all right. So let's just imagine for a minute you left the studio, we were mm-hmm. done, and you're walking to your car and you're thinking to yourself, gosh, I wish I would have said this. Mm-hmm. What would that be? Anything? I think if there's anything that I really want to be clear is. I think about my passion is that everyone deserves an opportunity to grow and develop if they want to, that everyone should enjoy work, right? That it should be meaningful and fulfilling. And that as leaders, we have that responsibility to make that happen for our people. That as leaders, we should be serving those we work for, not being self-centered, and thinking about just the business, people are people. And at the end of the day, um, that opportunity to do what you do well, to make a contribution is so important because you spend more time at work than any place else. Yeah. Love so it. be a good leader. Be a good leader. You know, uh, it's kind of a new concept, but a long time ago it existed naturally, mm-hmm. which is uh, it's kind of like, uh, you know, organic food. A long time ago it existed naturally. So just a little side story is that in col- I went to college at Portland State University, mm-hmm. and I was working at a place called Tektronix. They used to make oscilloscopes. 
And it's like Howard Vollum, the CEO and the owner of the company, would walk through um, the company and had like 3,000 employees or something. Um, you'd see him like once a month and he'd walk into your division or That's group great. or whatever. Yeah, this was like, well, in the 70s. And it was just like, you know, he would walk through and how you doing? Is there anything I can get you? Is there anything you need? I mean, he was just like totally available. And then we got to know him, you know. Exactly. And it was just like he was just a person, you know. Exactly. And he was grateful for the employees that helped him with his dreams. Exactly. I do think that type of um, commitment Mm-hmm. to your people and that making that connection is one of the most important things. People want to be seen as people, yeah. right? They want that connection. And that is one of the things that makes for a great workplace. Yeah, It's a beautiful story. Yeah, that's great. All right. So what's the best way to get in touch with you? And uh, we'll include all this in the show notes. So okay. people can do a click and go to your website or. Exactly. I would love for you to visit my website. It tells a little about me mm-hmm. and uh, what my passions are with the talents I bring that can help your organization it explains the process. Mm-hmm. So it's talentexponential.com. Uh, you can also reach out to me at Andrea, A-N-D-R-I-A dot Taylor at talentexponential.com or give me a call at 619-777-6227. And I'm imagining you can work with uh, companies from anywhere in the States, right? I can work anywhere in the States. If someone contacted me internationally, I would consider that as well. Yeah, you might have to go to Paris or something to work with a company. I might, right, Bali, something like that. It would be too bad. That's great. Andrea, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for the opportunity. It's uh, something I love talking about and I love talking with you. That's great. Thanks. Until next time, everybody can follow us um, at whathasmyattention.com or just do a search actually in your podcast app of choice because you can get this uh, podcast anywhere you get your audio. Thanks. Until next time, have a great day or weekend.